this week, we're going to talk about how we just don't understand other people basically sometimes ever. See, and like as much as we don't understand other people, do we understand ourselves? Shay, oh my God. Right, right. You always say it, Tay. If you point your finger, you got two pointing back at you. Honey, you have three. The fucking pinky pointing back at you. Pinky. Shay. That's your thumb. Shay, if you point one finger, turn your hand over and count every finger besides your thumb. Oh, shit. That's what that means? I was literally thinking like in a mirror. Oh, my God. Well, I'm glad you explained that because I'm sure our listeners have been confused, too, because I did not fucking get that until literally this moment. So if you literally like point, you have three fingers that face you. Wow. Welcome back to another episode of Main Character Energy. So can we talk about childhood mentality? Because I have like a really big thing as an adult right now. Like I'm at the point where my response to kids, I just want to be like, what are you thinking? You know, like that's all that comes to mind most of the time, because I can't even put into words what I'm actually thinking of what they're doing. Like today, all these kids are in a dugout at recess time. And I'm just thinking to myself as an adult, you know. They shouldn't be in there. They shouldn't because no one can see what's happening. You know, Johnny hits Jimmy. Tommy's crying. Who knows? Whatever. But and then in my kid brain, I was like, that's where they're going to learn the most valuable life material right there, because that's when they're learning from other kids of different cultures and home backgrounds and stuff like that. And like, that's pivotal shit that they need to learn. But I'm literally just always like, do I want to save my ass or what? Does that make any sense? No, that makes sense. I'm just so far removed from it because I couldn't tell you the last time I worked with kids. (laughs) I haven't worked with kids in years now. So like I probably could have related more to what you're talking about when I was working with kids. But now I think the same about adults. (laughs) What do you mean by that? Like I look at adults and I'm like, why are you? Why? Why? Why are you doing nothing? I think it. You know what I realized is more of my issue because I don't think it necessarily has to do with a group of people or like an age group or like anything. It has to do with otherness and how a lot of people have issues with this concept of otherness and just the fact that it's not right or wrong. You think they're what they're doing is wrong, but it's not. It's just different from how you do it. And that is like literally my issue with everything in life is it's in my head. What I do is right. And my issue is always that I'm perceiving what everybody else is doing differently from me as wrong because it's not how I do it, largely because of my OCD and like what you called me out on last episode. And it comes back to that idea of like otherness and the fact that like in schools we're taught about differences, but usually that's like physical things that you can see. Like those are the differences that they prepare you to be aware of later in life. And then you don't realize that there's this whole other side of being different that doesn't just have to do with like these larger concepts of like, yeah, like, you know, Tommy is different from Billy because Tommy has two dads and Billy has one like that type of thing. It's like, no, like 
Tommy is different from Billy because when Tommy eats dinner, he doesn't think he needs to do the dishes right after dinner. He saves them for the next morning. It's that otherness, that that other section of differences that we don't think about that causes so many fucking issues, like or even, so many issues. And like even to go deeper than that. When Tommy's eating dinner, he doesn't have to hear screaming, crying and fighting in the background like Timmy does. And I think that the otherness too, like, yeah, we all go through school and we're taught about differences and like, oh, we have the melting pot of America. And it's almost like we go and we're learning the same things and reading the same books and everything like that. And then we create in our minds this idea that our peers or the people that we're then involved with have the same type of feelings towards the same things that we both learn. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking I'm like relating this now to like first relationships. Like you go into your first serious relationship. I mean, maybe you don't, but like I do, I did. I went into my first serious relationship hoping and wanting for it to be like the end all be all. And my partner wasn't like that. My partner also came from divorced parents and stuff. So like that was like, that's like another complete learning experience that like is never even addressed. That's what you have to learn through social interactions. I agree. And did you, did you see that TikTok I sent you earlier? Yeah. About relationships. I, I don't necessarily like completely agree with it. What did you think of it? Well, so it just made me think of that comment of like the otherness because you don't realize like when you've been raised a certain way and you've been doing certain things your entire life, you don't even notice you're doing them half the time until you have somebody close enough to you that can kind of call you out on your shit. And that's when most issues in relationships start to arise is when you start to point out those moments of otherness and it will break relationships. Like that's the majority of reasons why people break up is, oh, well, we're just too different. And it's normally like stupid shit. And this TikTok I saw was like, most people will end the relationship and then say, oh yeah, like there were all these issues. And then I'm so unhappy because of it. I'm going to break up with this person And then when you're no longer with them, you're feeling happier. But it's not because you've solved any of the issues at hand. It's not because you actually did something. You just removed the person that was calling you out for it. You removed that voice that was saying, hey, like, this is what I'm seeing from you. And I disagree with it. You just removed that conflict from your life and you avoided it instead of actually doing something. And I like that he specifically said in the video, too, he's like, they go and they say that they're removing themselves from the relationship to work on themselves. Yeah. And then when they start to feel happy by themselves out of the relationship, they think like, oh, it's because I've worked on myself so much when really it's what you just said. They don't have that other person there that's mm-hmm. still going to call them out on their shit. And like, I agree with that with some people, but I disagree with that theory with most I guess maybe not most people like like the other half of the people, because I do think that there are people that work better on themselves and grow more when they are alone. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. okay. I I get what you're saying there. And I agree with that, because like you and I both even had phases where we were like, I need to just be. Yeah, just like for a second, like give me a minute. Not even like, and we both like not even like looking for anyone else. I think that that's definitely like a big, big sign too. Like if someone's leaving a relationship and hopping on to something else, like riding a different cowboy, you know what I mean? Then I don't think that they're necessarily going and working on themselves, you know? Yeah. 
I think that there is work that needs to be done like individually, like on your own or with a counselor or a therapist. But I did like really after watching that TikTok, I thought about it more. And like I was in this position last year where I was having doubts about my relationship because of this otherness. And, you know, I wrote up the list of all of the things that I didn't like about Christian that I needed him to fix about himself in order for me to be happier in the relationship. Now, looking back, all of those things were due to otherness. It just was he chooses to live his life a little differently than I do in very minuscule but specific ways that really bothered me. And it it hasn't been until recently that I've been able to admit to myself and to you that last year I was very much in that mindset of like, I'm unhappy. And if I leave this relationship, I'll probably be happy. One probably wouldn't have been true. I would have been fucking miserable and kicking myself in the ass because like that would have been a terrible reason to break up because he like wasn't putting his laundry in the hamper and like stupid shit like that. But staying in that relationship is what drove me to the point now of fixing those issues. And now looking back, I can acknowledge that the issues were never with Christian. It was me. And I could not have done that. And I don't think I would have grown that much if I would have just ran away from the relationship and said the really, cause I remember even talking to you about it. And I was like, you know, I think like, I think maybe if we just like broke up, like I, things would get better. And thank God I didn't do that. And now I completely disagree with that mindset. I think staying with Christian and having him support me and also call me on my fucking shit is what helped me to get to the point now of like being a better person. I don't think I could have done that alone. No, that's fucking huge. That is huge growth. You definitely would not have been pushed to become who you are now becoming. And my dad always said that like we weren't allowed to date when we were younger because we would be treated like trash. And he meant and explained that people who were dating when they were very young would look at their partner as if they were replaceable. And he always told us that we weren't ever going to allow someone else to look at us like we're replaceable, something that they could find very common, like off mm -hmm. the street type of thing. And I think that your situation is like a perfect testament to a situation that you're faced with in any relationship that like really makes you think, okay, do I really want to push this issue and like really try and fix it and just hone in on what is the fucking problem? And even if it is yourself, because I feel like you've, you always had that thought in the back of your mind. I mean, how could you not when I was, yeah. you were talking to me and I was calling you out too, very gently at times, but I was still calling you out and making you aware that, you know, you're not good as gold as well. Yeah if you weren't at the stage that you were where you were kind of like already tearing up to take that next step into growth, mm -hmm. then you would have run. Like if it was a Shay from any other phase in your life, you would have left because yeah. leaving's easy. This is what mm -hmm. I said on the last episode, like dating douchebags is easy because it's predictable. Leaving is easy because it's predictable. Who do you have when you're the only one there? You. Mm -hmm. Who do you have to worry about? You. Like yeah. being selfish is so simple because you're your only concern. Mm -hmm. And like so proud of you for not doing that. So proud of you for like yelling back at me that, you know, you're mad and you're pissed off and you're not going to do anything because at least then you knew you had to do something. Like, yeah, when you told me, 
I'm not going to fucking do anything, Taylor. I think you heard that come out of your mouth and you're like, well, that's stupid. That's just yeah. dumb. Gotta yeah. do something. Like, it's all a testament to individuality. You cannot be the best version of yourself if you haven't fully worked on yourself. And working on yourself isn't just like a phase in your life. It is a no. continuous yeah. thing. Yeah. It's, it's in every aspect of your life too. And something that I had to come to learn is that you're put in situations in your life as an opportunity to grow. And what you do with those situations is what dictates whether or not that growth takes place. And that's how I've started looking at like every situation I'm in now. Like literally, like I am coming at life now from an opportunist perspective of life is not happening to me. It's happening for me. Like that perspective of like, you know what? I really don't love the situation I'm in right now. And I'm not loving where this is at. But instead of having like a negative mindset about it and being pissed off about it, I'm going to look at this as an opportunity to grow. So instead of reacting the way I would have reacted previously in this situation, I'm going to react differently this time and see what happens. I love that. I love that because what I always tell myself when I'm waiting tables is we have to close. There has to come a point in this Mm -hmm. night where we are going to close. And at that time, I will be done working. I will go home and I will go to sleep. Like it will all be okay. Whatever. Kumbai. Fucking yeah. I just, there's no other way to think about it. I mean, like, honestly, I have literally been presented. I don't know if you remember this, but I had a hell of a first year. Okay. Not only was I in a position that I never went to school for. I mean, I received a certification to teach this specific level of education. However, like I'm a very meticulous person and Given the fact that teaching is literally instilling the education of future generations, I'm pretty anxious about it and I want to do a good job. Okay. Yeah. So I was a self-contained classroom teacher. I received the extra special news that one of my students was picked for a comprehensive special education state audit. And this audit, it's the most special of picks because the state board comes into your classroom and without knowing any identifying factors, they should be able to pick out what child the IP was for. And my principal told me this as a first year teacher in my fourth month teaching. He drops this bomb on me and I'm just sitting there smiling across from him. And he's just staring at me blankly, probably wondering, like, why doesn't she have any questions? And he said anything. And I just said, well, you know, sir, not like I wasn't going to show up to work that day anyway. So see you then. Right. (laughs) Like. What else do I have to do? Like, why am I going to complain about it? Was I stressed about it? Hell yeah. Anxious. No doubt. Like, but why am I going to be upset and bitch and moan when like I was going to show up to work anyway? Now I have a few more people in there. Now I just have to do my job. Well, good thing I've been doing it. And guess what? They didn't even end up coming. The child was absent that day. So like, Proof to the point, take it as a grain of salt with the lime because life is fucking tequila and it's either going to fuck you good or fuck you hard. Either way, it'll be fun. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, 
Wow. That was a whole, that was a whole situation. I like that you, (laughs) you mentioned at the very beginning though, where you're like, regardless of what happens though, my shift is going to end regardless of what is happening. I'm still going to work because that's how I've had to kind of start thinking about things, especially with my anxiety. Cause when you start to have that negative thought, when that one Tito mosquito shows up, if you don't just welcome Tito mosquito in, if you don't, if you aren't just like, Hey, okay, we had that thought and now we're going to let it go. He will fester and he'll invite all of his fucking friends. And before you know it, you have a fucking house party in your head. So when I have the thought of, oh, my God, I still have five hours of work left. I still have so many things I have to do. Instead of running with that thought, I invite it in. I acknowledge the thought and then I go, "Okay, but I only have five hours of work left. And when those five hours are up, work's over. It's done. Like regardless of what happens in the next five hours, when those five hours are up, I'm done work. So that's all I need to focus on is just surviving the next five hours, which I don't know if that's either really sad or really healthy, but it's been helping me. (laughs) I think, no, I think that that's realistic. I think that that's the best way to look at it because that's exactly what it is. I feel like our generation, like we are so constantly fixated on how terrible we have it because we're always on our phones looking at lives that are curated for us to see. And so it's so easy to be like, well, I have so much work left and it's only Tuesday and I just, oh, I can't do anything because I don't have the money and I'm at this dead end job. But like, what if you turn that around? Like make your time worth it. You know, I swear my boyfriend says like some dumbass profound shit. We are talking about someone and he was, he's just going on him to be honest. And he was just like, all they do is eat, sleep and go to work. They don't do anything with their life. And I was like, holy cats and dogs. Are you kidding me right now? That's so true. Like he just said that. And I was like, holy fuck. Like, The question of like, what do you do for fun came up to mind. And I was like, that's why it's so hard. Like people are like, what do you do for fun? And do makes it sound like a job. Do makes it sound like I have to do this in order to survive. Like we need to start actively doing things that we don't have to do. Like, I don't care that you went out to dinner. You have to eat. You chose to eat there. Why don't you go and make food and bring it to an outdoor location, set up a new scene, try somewhere different, add something new to your cleaning routine, go and buy something for your house, be decorative. Just go and do something. Holy shit. Our life is only as enjoyable as we make it. And in order to make your life enjoyable, you have to go and move your body, whether it be in a car, in an airplane, at the gym, outside, go and do something because I'm so tired of people being miserable and it being over the same things. I'm too fat. I have to work all the time. I don't make any money. I'm fed up with this, that, the other. Then do something about it. Like everyone complains about things that they want to change, but then no one does anything. Yeah, I think as a society, we have fallen into that cycle of something happens, you're upset about the thing, you dwell on the thing, you bitch about the thing until you forget about the thing, and then you don't ever do anything to change the situation until it comes up again. And then you're in that same cycle of something happened, I'm upset about it, I'm going to dwell on it, I'm going to bitch about it, and then at some point you forget about it. And one, if you're living your life for other people, and I'm not saying like, 
yeah, I'm surviving for my kids and I'm surviving for whatever. That's not what I'm saying. If you're waking up every day and the only reason you're waking up is to go to work and work to make someone else money and to support the people at your job. And then you're coming home and going to bed and waking up just to do that all over again. It makes life really fucking bleak. And for someone like me that struggles with depression, I tell you one fucking thing. If I'm not loving me at the moment and the only reason I'm living is for other people, chances are I'm going to try not to be doing that much longer. Like you have to have something else to live for. You have to be alive for you because you love life. It goes back to the idea of, you know, the multiple kinds of self-care and it not just being like doing a face mask. And it's not that there's anything wrong with taking a bubble bath or doing a face mask, but just doing that isn't enough. Like Taylor said, you have to like get up and go do things. And I love that you brought up literally like instead of going out to dinner and eating somewhere, because going out to dinner is a very nice experience every once in a while. But there is something so different about like going on Pinterest searching out a dinner idea, creating the menu on your own, and then making the food and like sitting down and like having a nice dinner at your own house. And I don't mean like literally just put it on a plate and set it down. I mean, like get a runner for your table, get a centerpiece, like make it nice. And you will have this like such a good feeling at the end of it. Cause you're like, I was fucking productive. I made that food and it was fucking good. And I'm proud of myself. And we don't do enough of that in life anymore because we're so focused on, you know, there's so much going on and we're spending all of our time and energy on other people that when it comes time for us to use energy on ourselves, we feel like we have none. It's one of those things where if you lose that momentum for yourself, you're never going to get it back. So you almost have to like push through that feeling of being too tired to care for yourself in order to prevent that from happening, if that makes sense. Something, yeah. You know what no, I mean? It does. It does completely because we have to constantly remind ourselves that we're a major entity too. We are the biggest deal. I was thinking about this today. Should I be spending money on improving my wardrobe or home decor? It came down to me realizing, you know, when am I going to get out of the stage where I'm always comparing myself to other people? And like, if I go and spend money on things that other people have, who is to say that it's going to go and fill the voids that I'm trying to fill? Which it almost never does. Never, never. Like, you think like, oh, I'm going to buy this thing and I'm going to be so happy. And then you buy the thing and you wait for the thing so anxiously and you're tracking the package online and then it shows up and then your life does not change at all, except now you have one more thing. And I love how what your question of like, when am I going to stop comparing myself to other people? My first thought when you said that, and like, this isn't like, this is an answer to your question, but not the answer type of thing. It stops when you start focusing that attention on yourself again. If you are focused on yourself and what you have going going on, you're not going to care about what Sally and Susie have going on down the street. And like, I struggle with that a lot in college. My focus was on everybody but me. And somehow that made it so fucking hard for me to actually do anything because I was constantly just worried about, well, everybody else is doing this and it's a Thursday night. Like I'm exhausted and I have work at 7am, but it's a Thursday. I can't not go out on a Thursday. What am I going to miss if I'm not there tonight? Like, you know what I missed? A whole lot of not fucking shit. A whole lot of drunk people and money being wasted. And I lost sleep and that was it. But it wasn't until later in college when I made the decision, the conscious decision to focus more on myself after a breakup. and was like, I'm gonna work on me. You can't 
you can't be so focused on everybody else and then expect your life to be going how you want it to, because you're not living for you. You're living for everyone else. You have to wake up every morning and make decisions for you to better yourself and help, you know, who you're going to be tomorrow and a year from now. And if you're constantly thinking not just about everybody else, but about what everyone else thinks and what they have going on in comparison and all that shit, like you're never going to fucking get there. You can manifest, you know, this new boss babe bitch that you want to be all you want. But if you're not doing anything, if you're not actually making decisions to help yourself grow and working on it, you're not, nothing's going to happen. This episode is the definition of FOMO versus JOMO. Fear of missing out versus the joy of missing out. Mm -hmm. If you are experiencing FOMO, then it's because you are constantly trying to fill Mm -hmm. some type of void that you haven't been able to pinpoint yet. And I'm saying it that way because I do feel like when you're going through life, like you experience different phases where you might just be nearing a new chapter with a new niche and you haven't yet discovered what that is or the newest way that you're going to go and fulfill yourself. Hopefully it's healthy. You know what? If it's not, then whatever. We all have those chapters too. But when you are constantly feeling like you need to be out and with others and doing the things and wearing the clothes and being with the trends and all the shit, like, again, you're living for other people. You are doing these things to be a part of it. You're not doing it for you. And then when you experience JOMO, the joy of missing out, That's when you are truly comfortable with being alone by yourself. I think for a lot of people, being alone scares them because like they don't want to confront the thoughts that they've been having and the feelings that they've been having and really how they're dealing with life. Because quite frequently, you're not my dear. But when you enjoy your own company and you're content with just being in your own space, that's when you've made it. Like that's when you can finally feel like you've grown into who you're supposed to become. Absolutely. And like, that's almost exactly what I was going to say. That transition of FOMO versus JOMO is like you experience the joy of missing out when you're making decisions for yourself. You're not, you're not fearful of missing out on something when you know that it's the best decision for you to stay home that night and not go out. When you know that you're better off not going out and you're not afraid of what you're missing out on by not being there because you know that you made the right decision for yourself. And that's huge. And when you're fearful of missing out on something, you're not fearful of missing out on something for you. You're fearful of missing out for other people type of thing. It's like you're more fearful of your body missing out on the time of people. You don't give a shit about if you truly enjoy it at all when you are experiencing FOMO. You know that you don't enjoy it. Mm -hmm. If you're having FOMO, then like you got to ask yourself in that moment, what am I truly missing right now? Am I missing the hangover that's going to come tomorrow morning? The fact that these people are all with each other, having a genuinely heartfelt great time? Or is it just a simple fact that there's another photo opportunity and my body isn't in the picture? Absolutely. Because I feel like that's how I always felt was it wasn't that I necessarily was upset. I wasn't there for what was happening because it was essentially the same thing every fucking Thursday night. It was the same people at the same bar. I was more so afraid of not being remembered in that environment with them. I was afraid of not being a part of those memories. Here's the thing. 
you don't have a lot of memories from the bar. You just don't. And for most of junior year of college, that was something I really struggled with is like, I forced myself to go out and, you know, push myself past the point of exhaustion. And I would have things due and work the next morning. And I was like, well, it's Thursday night. Like we always go out on Thursdays and like all of my friends are going out. Like I can't not be in those Snapchats. I can't not be in those pictures and like not be a part of those memories. And it wasn't until senior year when I was like, yeah, it doesn't like, I don't care. I'd rather sleep. (laughs) I, I would be better off tomorrow sleeping that when I then saw those Snapchats and those Instagram photos, and I obviously was missing from them. I didn't have that same feeling of like, fuck, I missed out. I had that feeling of like, honestly, not mad. I wasn't there for that. Like it took most of like that senior year experience of like, realizing that fear of missing out was just me not paying enough attention to myself is what it was. Well, I think that like the transition from FOMO to JOMO too is just like a natural part of the next stage of adulthood that you're entering. Like you're starting to realize that not every time that you go out is going to be like a a killer night. You're not always going to have a great time. Like right now in this current moment, we're talking about FOMO in the sense of like going out. Because I think that's where most people kind of relate the term is like, you know, you have FOMO of like not being with your friends, not going out and like doing stuff with them. But another example I have of it, that's something that's like going on right now in my life is this decision of whether or not I want to compete for the last time in a pageant in just a couple months. And I came to a decision yesterday and I realized so like FOMO only happens again when you're not making the decision for yourself. If if you've made the right decision for yourself, you're not fearful of missing out on anything because you made the decision in order to not miss out on what you truly need. And I had a friend over yesterday and we were talking and this it just all started to happen at once. And all these puzzle pieces just like clicked. And I was like, you know, I don't actually want to compete. For the joy of competing. I used to genuinely love competing. I looked forward to it. I liked the grind of prepping for it. I liked being on stage. I genuinely got excited. Like I wanted to do that. I'm no longer at a point in my life where I want to do that. So it wasn't that I wanted to compete for the joy of competing. I wanted to compete because I was afraid of what I would miss out on if I didn't. And it didn't click yesterday that that was what was going on. And I really thought about it. And I'm like, is this what I need right now? Am I doing this for me? Is this actually what I need? Because every part of my body and brain is saying, we don't want to do this. The only thing that was keeping me from making that final call of I'm not going to do this was the fear of missing out. I'm not missing out on shit. I have plenty of shit going on in my life right now. I am plenty busy. My time, my money, my energy is spoken for currently. So no, I've made the right decision to not compete because I wasn't competing for the right reasons. I was competing solely because I was afraid of what I would miss out on. And I'm going to be honest, I'm going to be missing out on the same shit that I competed in for seven years. It's going to be lots of girls in little bikinis that haven't eaten in months. Everybody's pissed off. One girl will win at the end and a hundred girls around her are going to be fucking livid that it wasn't them. That's all I'm missing. That's it. I'm okay with missing that. I'm okay. Yay! (laughs) But that was a hard decision for me to come to. And it literally, it clicked yesterday and it relates perfectly to this FOMO, JOMO concept. JOMO, FOMO. JOMO, FOMO. Because, oh, it sounds like Mojo Jojo. (laughs) Power Poker. Mojo Jojo. Mojo (laughs) Jojo. Um, but it really does, like, you get to this, this phase or this age or, but it comes all throughout your life. You get to this sense of self. 
Yeah. And you like, you just kind of become more comfortable with making very, not even like monumental, but like dense, more dense decisions and trusting your gut on it. Just believing that you have the wherewithal to make this decision and it's the right decision for you. I agree. I agree. And like, you can't get to that point if you don't know yourself. And like, that's why when you're in middle school, high school, even college, it's hard to make those definitive dense decisions because you don't know yourself well enough to genuinely understand which decision is going to benefit you best. So yeah, you're going to grapple with it a little bit and you're going to fuck up. And like, even now, you know, we're still in our mid twenties, like shit is going to go so wrong so many times before we die. Like it's not always going to be perfect. We're still learning. But looking back, I can now see that like part of the reason that we have so many of those tough decisions to make is because it's a learning process and it's how you learn yourself. Like your entire life is just you learning about your own individual self and like your task, your only task with life, if you do nothing else is to understand yourself to the point that you can make that person the best version that you could possibly be, whatever that looks like to you. And you won't know that until you've known yourself enough. That's why you have so many people in their elderly years that that will be in homes and they're like, you know what? I didn't do these things for me. And I feel like I, didn't do what I needed to do to be on this planet because they were making decisions not for them, but for other people type of thing. Mm -hmm. Sounds like I'm high right now, but I'm not. (laughs) Well, and some of us, some of us learn it the hard way. Some of us read it in a book and we all learn it with age. I mean, it is what it is and it is life. So you gotta just let it be. And I kind of love that this episode is following our focus on communication with the we're not really strangers game because we talk about again we talk a lot on this show about communication with other people and i mentioned it before about how communicating with other people is just as important as communicating with yourself and i feel like this is another really great example of like in these situations like communicate with yourself talk to yourself And that's, again, something you and I said in the beginning of the episode that we've kind of started doing of like, we get those thoughts and we will have a conversation with the thought in our head that almost diminishes it. You literally, you literally have said like, say it out loud, like ask yourself these questions, like talk to yourself. Seriously, it sounds funny. And like, it does sound funny. And like, you might feel very sheepish about doing it. So like yell it because sometimes I will just be in my house alone and I'll be like, Hey, you stupid bitch. We have got to talk. Okay. Because I think we're upset, but I don't know why. And then I will literally run through verbally out loud and just run through all the things that could possibly upset, be upsetting me. And then whichever one strikes a nerve enough Mm -hmm. to make my tears form, then I know that I've found the winner and that's what I need to address. Yeah. One thing I've been doing with my anxiety, uh, very similar to the concept of like earlier thinking, you know, no matter what happens in the next five hours, work is still going to end. I've started when I have the Tito Mosquito thoughts pop up in my head. And again, this is something I learned from TikTok. Another example of how social media sometimes is very helpful. There was a girl that said that she has started talking to her anxiety and will literally ask why. She goes, so I'll have this first thought of whatever. I say the thought out loud and I ask why. 
And then you have to answer that question. Well, why are you feeling that way? Well, I'm feeling that way because of this. Okay, well, why though? And then when you get down to the root of the problem, it makes it a lot easier to tackle. So like she gave an example in the video, but it essentially boiled down to she was having this, this thought that was rooted in anxiety. And she had this very quick conversation with herself of like, okay, why? Let's dig deeper. Okay, why? Okay, why? Okay, why? Gets to the very end of it and boils it down to the fact of it came back to social media and her feeling pressure to act a certain way and be a certain person because of social media. And she stops and she goes, so that's the issue. I'm not the issue. Social media is the issue. I am who I am. And I'm going to continue to be that person. And then she's probably like having anxiety because she's comparing herself to others and Mm -hmm. otherness Mm -hmm. and then it all comes back to that yep so basically what we're saying guys is when you're comparing yourself to others and you're getting down on yourself because sally has this and joey likes that and whatever it might be start to just tune in on yourself you really just have to be like why the fuck do we even want to be like them why are we getting upset that We aren't like them or with them or doing that. And then, and then ask yourself, which one is going to make you a better person and like a contributor in your own life where you're actually doing something for you and you're putting energy, that main character energy into your life. We call that main character energy. That's what that is. And we'll see you next week. Bye. (laughs) Bye.